Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. And I tell you, today's guest, I have been, uh, you know, I blinked my eyes and these these days went by. I was looking so forward to the 14th of this month uh, because I reached out. I, I, I saw an interview on Instagram. I've been a, a big fan of this man, um, but I, I saw a post on Instagram and I reached out. I just DM'd and you know, you, you hear this all the time. You, you miss 100% uh, of the shots that you don't take. And I DM'd him in Instagram. And this is a, I mean, this is one of the most famous guys in the, in the sports world and in the podcasting world and a best-selling author and, uh, you know, a Forbes top 10 uh, keynote speaker all over the world, works with everybody in the world. And within nine hours, I got a message back directly from him, connecting me with Jake and telling me, uh, telling Jake that, hey, we want to get this thing done. So I want to welcome to the, uh, to the podcast, uh, none other than the one and only Mr. David Meltzer. Oh man, what a great introduction. Thank you so much. But I think, you know, being accessible is a really important thing today, especially to make sure that we stay connected to everyone. And, you know, although I have to limit my time with everyone, uh, I find that it's well worth it uh, to be a part of everyone's lives that I can. Well, I, I think it's amazing because listening, I was, uh, I, I listened to you and listened to the podcast, which is one of the number one podcasts in the world, uh, which is playbook. Um, you know, having some of these sports figures on uh, all these things, you're constantly asking people about their playbook. I want to dig into David's playbook because, and even going back to young David. So if we're talking, you know, seven, eight year old David, did eight year old David think that he was going to, you know, rise the, the meteoric rise that he was going to have and, uh, have the, the ups and downs that you did? Not a chance. What Meteoric David thought at five, six, seven, and eight was that he wanted to buy his mom a house and a car. And actually, I remember at five telling myself I had a single mom, six kids who worked two jobs. One is a second grade teacher, packed our dinner into a station wagon, and then had to fill up turnstiles at convenience stores with greeting cards. I remember sitting there saying, man, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to buy my mom a house and a car and make a million dollars. I remember saying, I'm going to make $1 million. I was five, and I'm buy my mom a house, a car, and retire for the rest of my life. Another pause for station identification and shameless promotion. This episode is also brought to you by Finley Cars of Las Vegas. I tell you, the next level in the car buying experience, and not only that, but the life of your car, the service that you're going to uh, experience is incredible. It's Finley Volvo Cars uh, lv.com and also brought to you by uh, bling shine serum the only product on the market that will add weightless moisture strength and shine and the only uh, product that has the endorsement of my mama when i showed her all the features and benefits she smelled it and she said this is the greatest product that you've ever done and i thought mom do you not uh, look at the features and benefits she said no if it smells like that it must work and i tell you every single woman needs a little bit of bling in their life and this can be purchased at kellycardinasalon.com and so I was set in that course. I, of course, lived in a world of not enough. I considered myself a victim. I thought the world was happening to me. I was always asking, why me? Why can't I have that? And But yet, nine months out of law school, I made my first million dollars and bought my mom a house and a car. Also came to the realization that there wasn't going to be enough left over to retire, <laughs> let alone buy myself a house. Uh, so I continue, continued on my journey that money would buy me love and happiness. And I was blessed that everything in the early stages of my life reaffirmed that money buys love and happiness. But I had to go through, as you know, some trials and tribulations to test 
my own integrity and my own values to determine what role money, a currency would play in my life when I started to have to blend it with faith. So let's go, let's go back to that college time because, I mean, you're coming out of law school. Where, where, did you do law school here in San Diego? No, I, I went to Tulane. Okay. Um, I ended up, um, everything in my life, one of the advantages of if you want to be rich, one of the advantages, unlike my siblings who, you know, they fell under the guise of my mom, you know, doctor, lawyer, or failure. Fetus isn't fully developed till after graduate school, you know, that whole bit. Even though I pleased my mom by going to graduate school, I only went there to make money. I mean, I would have done anything. So when I graduated, I, I went to Tulane because the highest paying jobs out of law school were oil and gas litigators. And Tulane had the top maritime law program in Louisiana. The most kids that got jobs in oil and gas were from Tulane. So I reverse engineered how I was going to make the most amount of money, which is ironic because when I graduated, I got two job offers because I did keep my options open and I got a job in the internet. Uh, and my mom freaked out. She literally, and my mom's a great mom. She's like, the internet's a fad. You're going to lose and waste all your education. You know, my mom, I'm not joking. My mom, typical Jewish mom, but she was a black belt in the martial arts. Most people look at her and go, no way, Dave. I'm like, serious, third degree black belt in the martial art of Jewish guilt. She could guilt me, still does today. And so uh, she used that superpower on me, but I withheld that kryptonite and I decided that just because she loved me doesn't mean she was giving me good advice. The internet didn't seem like it was going to be a fad. And thank goodness I went into the internet and became an entrepreneur and made my first million dollars. And look, in 1995, that company I worked for, West Publishing, sold for $3.4 billion. Uh, so that changed my life and my trajectory. I went up to the Silicon Valley, started branding myself as an internet guru, and I ended up CEO of the world's first smartphone. Uh, it was then called the convergence device. They didn't know it was a Windows device. I worked with Microsoft. It was a Samsung manufactured device. So I worked with the biggest companies in the world, but you know they told me it was too big and too expensive. Obviously, they didn't know where we were going because they haven't seen the iPhone 12 Plus. That thing's big and expensive. So I was just early in 1999 with the very first smartphone. So uh, talk to us too about, uh, you know, you were taking me down that road. I was thinking of this little little Jewish woman that's a black belt. And then you said (laughs) in Jewish guilt, I love this, David. Um, You took me like, seriously, you were taking me down this road and then you just switched it right, right, right up. I love it. Um, So take us back to to that mom who, you know, I think of her now, I'm I'm imagining her in a a karate gi, um, you know, whooping you all the time, throwing little sayings at you. Um, What are some of the sayings? that when you were growing up that you were mad at your mom for saying, but now you're happy that you have them as principles? Well, you know, the first one was show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Uh, And she said that in my 20s uh, because I was buying things I didn't need to impress people I didn't like. And she was worried about what I was doing and how I was doing it. And she would tell me money doesn't buy love or happiness, David. You're going about, you're lost. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future, which I kick myself now because I have four children and my number one saying is show me your friends, I'll show you. I love where I live. You know where I live. I tell my wife all the time, the only reason I'd ever have to move is if they started surrounding themselves with bad people because they're never going to listen to me. I would have to physically extract them uh, from what happened to me. 
which was surrounding myself with the wrong ideas and the wrong people. Uh, she also uh, would make me, this is a big one. I know this is an attitude, aptitude issue, but my favorite thing about my mom, and people don't believe me, but if I came down with the wrong perspective, if I was, you know, in some sort of negative vision, she would send me back to my room. She, you come to breakfast and you're whining, or she would say, no, 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 no. Go in your room and be thankful. You come out when you have the right perception in this day. We start out this day with gratitude. Go, go, get back. I'm not going to hear it. And that had a major impact. I get choked up thinking about it because she was programming me to find the light, the love, and the lessons and everything. She wasn't going to allow my mindset to be anything except for positive and grateful. And she was training me from a very young age, two things, one, to be extremely grateful, but two, to be aware of the ideas and the people that I surrounded myself with. Wow. So you yada yadded me for a little bit though. I want to get you on this, Dave, because uh, David, you, you said I was, uh, you know, with a single mom, six kids, and then yada, yada, I went to Tulane and bang, I made my first million. Let's go into the middle, the messy middle of that. Because, I mean, when did you realize that this programming was starting to happen? When You know, when, 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 you're, when your mom or your dad, my dad uh, says three things. Um, breathe, drink water, and pray. And no matter what, he is always breathe, drink water, pray. I'll call him and I'll be like, dad, I, I'm thinking about uh, buying this business or I'm thinking about buying this car. I'm thinking about moving. And he's like, breathe, drink water, pray. And I'm like, and then it started to register. Breathe, take time to sit back and, and, and understand what you're going into. Uh, drink water, meaning that you had to be hydrated. And I lived in Las Vegas for 14 years. So if not, you'd shrivel up and die. And then pray. I mean, it was one of those things where you sat in and if you prayed, you you had the tendency to get the answer because you took the time, you hydrated yourself. And then, and in hydrating yourself, what I found was, is that when we're flowing, water flows. And when you're hydrated, you're flowing at a different at a different rate. When did you start to realize that like, I mean, was it in high school that, hey, David's going to law school? Like, David's going to go on to law school. Was it grades great all the time and your mom didn't accept it? Or was there challenges that way too? You know, I was blessed in the childhood department other than financially, right? Every anxiety and, and stress that I had was financial. Uh, I was blessed to have a very supportive mom as long as I had great grades. And so, you know, although my siblings all went to Harvard, Penn, Columbia, my mom allowed me to do what I wanted to do as long as I had good grades and continued my education. So, you know, I went to a college to play football that was extremely academic and I did very well. I went to law school to make money and did very well. So she was happy. The difficulty she had was when, you know, I decided to be an entrepreneur and not be a real lawyer. And then the bigger difficulty I had is I just didn't understand my wife or my mom until my mid thirties because I thought I was superior to them because I had a bigger bank account. I thought that I was separate from them because, and I used to discount all the lessons they were trying to teach me. Although I loved and adored them and spoiled them economically, we were never aligned emotionally because I didn't buy the BS that they were talking about. I didn't understand unconditional love, which was 
an interesting thing because money, this currency that I talk about, an object of energy that I put into the flow to get what I want, I define myself by my bank account. If it went up, I felt better. If it went down, I felt worse. If I had a lot of it, I felt superior. If I had less than you, I felt inferior all throughout my life. And I never understood my mom who made $17,000 a year and worked two jobs. I never understood how she could have lessons to teach me that she understood until I realized that I had hurt myself with one of the other lessons that she taught me. She taught me the more that I gave, the more I would receive. And I had a huge problem receiving. I also, because of that, created negotiations and trading for everything. I put it in my business mind. If I give, I will receive, so I might as well give with conditions, judgments, expectations, resentment, guilt, and offense. And I always tied those to my giving, even the philanthropic sides. I gave millions of dollars to tons of different kids and things, always with conditions or judgments or negotiation tied to it. What changed in my life when I realized the unconditional nature of my wife and my mom, what unconditional love was, uh, was that I needed to receive so I could give. I needed to blend faith, the currency, uh, object of energy that I put into the flow to get what I want. And that money was still important to me. I was born with a gift and certain people are, I have a quantum, uh, a quantum nature to, you know, to, to receive money, but I never was worthy of it. Now I give my life away. I don't live in a world of not enough where things happen to me. I don't live in that world of just for me where, you know, I was buying things I didn't need to impress people I didn't like, but I moved to this new world the one my mom and my wife taught me about of abundance of more than enough of trusting the universe and saying, I am here to receive everything I ever wanted that I'm connected to and give it away that I came from nowhere. I'm now here. And my goal in life is to give my life away and I can't give what I don't receive. So I reconciled receiving and money that money doesn't buy love or happiness. It allows you to shop. And if you shop for the right things, you're going to be happy. If you shop for things you don't need or different things you don't need or to impress people you don't like, you're going to be unhappy, shallow, empty, full of void shortages and obstacles. I live an abundant life. I have faith, number one, that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be with everything that I need. I use Everything I have, I'm a, I'm a ferocious Buddha. You can't stop me, man. I angle to what I want, like your friend, Paul DiGiorgio, John Paul, John Paul DiGiorgio, one of my favorite entrepreneurs. You can tell, man, he gives everything he has to angle to what he wants, but he has faith and kindness that he's going to end up somewhere better. And that simple philosophy and that shift in the paradigm of receiving has changed my attitude and my altitude and I've never made more money, helped more people, or had more fun, or been more happy in my life. So talk to us about that change, like that, that switch, because, I mean, what I was hearing, when, and, and every listener is hearing it, when you first started talking, you were saying you equated you know, money to, to love, you equated money to be able to get these things. This was the focal point. What was that Buddha time for you, or that crossroad that you said, hey, this is this new, I mean... It's almost like hearing two different Davids, like you're talking about this and then we're moving into it. I mean, I, I, I mean, three, did, things, three things happened in okay. my life over a period of six years. So when I was 30 years old, 
my father and I were estranged. He uh, uh, hadn't given me a birthday present for 20 years because when I was 10, he forgot my birthday, which crushed me because he was my hero. And he not only forgot my birthday, but when I confronted him, he lied to me and said, I didn't forget your birthday. I don't believe in birthdays. And at that moment, I realized that my hero, my father who had left my mom, been a deadbeat dad, had been very selfish, was a liar and a cheater, a manipulator, back-end seller and overseller, and I hated him. At 30 years old, this was the first thing, there's three things that happened, he gave me a birthday present. A huge box came to my door on my 30th birthday. I was recently married to my dream girl who I met in San Diego in the fourth grade, who my best friend asked to go steady at sixth grade camp. I threw an egg at her because she embarrassed me and said, no, tell him to ask me himself. And she hated me through high school and college, but later on reconciled with me. And I ended up getting married to my dream girl, which was the greatest decision of my life. Uh, and moreover, I was sitting there in my dream house with my dream girl, multimillionaire at 30, and I opened this box, and it was a sport coat. And I put it on, and I started to cry because it fit perfectly, which meant my dad actually cared to see or ask someone what size I was or how it would fit me. And when I opened it up to see if it said especially made for David Meltzer's birthday or happy 30th or Armani, he had torn out all the linings and pockets. I immediately got enraged. I called him. I said, Dad, I got your birthday. Oh, thank God. Why are you punishing me? He said, what are you talking about? I said, why would you send me a jacket? The jacket that you tore the pot? I can't wear the jacket. He said, David, it will slow down. The jacket's not for wearing. I said, well, what, what's it for? He said, it's to remind you that you're just like me. I blew up at him. I said, man, I'm nothing like you. You're a liar, a cheater, manipulator, overseller, back-end seller. I hate you, and this is just proof of how lost you are. He said, son, son, you're just like me. I want to teach you money doesn't buy love or happiness. I want you to hang that jacket in your closet to remind you you can't take anything with you when you're gone. You're going to end up the richest man in the cemetery. Now, I wish I would have told you at 30 I was ready to hear that, but I wasn't. I actually told him to F off and I hated him and I hung up on him. Six years later, I'm running the most notable sports agency in the world, a place called Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. They made the movie Jerry Maguire about our firm. Uh, and I had access to everything. My best friend, Robbie, from the fourth grade, the kid who asked my wife in sixth grade camp for me to go steady, uh, we were playing golf. And I said to him, would you like to go to the Masters with me? We get to go to the cabins with Curtis Strange. We get to hang out with the Hall of Famers, Wayne Gretzky, Fred McGregor, unbelievable athletes. Go to the, the jet parties. Come with me to the Masters. I know it's on your bucket list. And without blinking, Rob looked at me and said, not a chance. So what do you mean, Rob, not a chance? He said, I don't like who you hang out with and what you're doing. I said, Rob, I'm not doing what those guys are doing. He said to me, David, you can lie to me, but don't lie to yourself. Six years later, after my dad had given me that jacket, I realized he was speaking the truth. I could admit it to myself. I was almost ready to hear it. I left crying. I came home and complained to my wife. How dare him say that to me? You know, I've done all these things for him and all the blame, shame, and justification, projecting the insecurity of how right he was. And then two weeks later, my life would change forever.
Here we go again with the shameless promotion. This episode is also brought to you by Piper Diamonds for all your jewelry needs. My necklace that I get complimented all over the country and all over the world. Uh, my pennant was made by Piper Diamonds Company. This place is absolutely phenomenal. When you're looking for that special something for that special someone, Piper Diamonds is the only answer. It's piperdiamonds.co. And it's also brought to you by Kelly Cardenas Salon in Las Vegas and in Chicago. This is top-level service, guys, without the ego and, hands down, the greatest shampoo experience that you will ever have in your life. This will create uh, an evangelistic-type uh, experience. You will be talking about this for years and years to come. The wash house, uh, completely separate area, com- uh, different sound system, soundproofed, head, neck, and shoulder massage. You will be over the moon with your experience, and you can uh, schedule your appointment at kellycardinasalon.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Uh, my wife, I, I was invited to the Grammy Awards uh, with Little John, the rapper, who's a friend of mine. We go to football games and do things together. And I asked my wife if I could go to the Grammy Awards and oh, stop at House of Blues. He was performing beforehand and be on stage and then go to the Grammy Awards up in Beverly Hills. And my wife told me, no. She said, you're not paying attention to your family. You're not paying attention to your work. You're drinking and partying way too much. You need to stay home. This has to change. So I lied to her, changed clothes in the car, told her I had a business meeting, and I took off and ended up coming home at 5.30 in the morning, wasted, where she was waiting for me. The most supportive person in my life is my wife. She was waiting for me to tell me one thing. She wasn't happy. She was not happy to the point where she was going to leave me and told me I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. Because not only was she leaving with my then three children under eight years old, but worse, she thought I'd end up dead. I wish I was ready to hear it that night, but I wasn't. I told her to F off and I went to sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, I was even more enraged. And I was thinking I was going to take her happiness and take her money. I had so many friends that were lawyers. I was going to find the best lawyer and figure this all out and, and justify what I was doing. And then as the universe would have it, I looked over in my closet and there it was. A goddamn jacket just staring at me. And I realized, I look at that jacket, I get choked up today because I looked at that jacket and I remember distinctly saying, man, I don't hate my father. I hate myself. I'm a liar. I'm a cheater. I'm an overseller, backend seller, manipulator. I need to take stock in who I was. I'm not who my mom raised. I'm not that same person that made this money for a purpose. And so... I sat down and I outlined values. I just outlined values, which later became my first book, which I've lived with these four values. They've evolved a little bit, but they basically are gratitude, forgiveness or empathy, accountability, and what I called effective communication, which has turned into inspiration. And I've created daily practices over the 15 years around it. I've lost over $100 million within two years of that day and recovered because of these values and daily practices. I have the best marriage in the world. I have the best four children that I could ever imagine for me. They're amazing. And I live my life to empower over a billion people to be happy with what I learned in that journey. 
And like I said, that's where I started realizing. Now, one quick other moment later on after I started taking values that taught me about my mom is that I was terrified Lee uh, would fire me because he hired me because, you know, I filled a, a, a role of being able to empower athletes that they weren't gonna lose their money. 75% of all professional athletes go bankrupt. And here I was bankrupt. Instead of being Midas, I was exactly what we were telling them the athletes weren't gonna be. So I thought Lee was gonna fire me, but he was supportive of me. But even bigger than that, I had to go tell my mom, right? The woman who always told me doctor, lawyer, failure, I had put my entire definition up. The biggest fear I had was going bankrupt. The biggest embarrassment was bankruptcy to me. I had to tell my mom, this is two years after that day with my wife, not only was I bankrupt, but I never took her house out of my name. So she would have to move. I lost her house. And here's the greatest lesson and the greatest thing that came from that. I thought my mom was going to be crushed. I thought I would never hear the end of it. The guilt would be overwhelming, that it would destroy my relationship with me, my siblings, and everyone. Not a chance. When I went to her door to tell her I was crying, I could barely get it out like a five-year-old telling their mom what they had done wrong, and I could barely get it out, and it blurts out, Mom, I've lost everything, including your house. You have to move. I am so sorry. She looked at me without blinking and said, Are you okay? Do you need anything? You need some money. I love you. I'm proud of you. And I always have your back. That's when I realized I was lost. I realized what my mom and my wife had that I never imagined and how blessed I was to have them in my life, that money could never compare to unconditional love. And I had always had it right there. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, now's the time to do some shameless promotion. This episode is brought to you by Squeeze Dried, a delicious, no-hassle way to get superfoods, vitamins, and nutrition. Squeezedried.com. It's also brought to you by Cardenas Law Group, a high-level boutique law firm for all your personal injury needs. That's CardenasLawGroup.com. Thank you so much again for listening. Hopefully, you're continuing to enjoy the episode. And I was now going to share that and give my life away to other people the same way my mom and my wife have given their life away as well. The only difference is I have a superpower of receiving and making money so I can even allow more to come through me for others. Wow. Uh, David, so when you're now, when you're teaching, right? So, you know, you have this, this, this enlightenment and now you're teaching and you're, and what I love about it, one of the, one of the main reasons why I want to have you on the podcast is because of the way that you talked about your wife. Seriously. Like my mom, uh, you know, my mom passed away about two and a half years ago and she was, she always said that the greatest thing that a father could ever do for his kids is to love their mother. And you know, this part, and she was telling me this in fourth grade, and I was thinking in fourth grade, like I'm trying to play with like Voltron and, you know, like Nintendo and, you know, why are you trying to tell me this? But she kept telling me that over and over. And I hear it in you. Uh, every time I hear you speak, you know, I got, I was listening to you with Tony Hawk, uh, you know, this was in 2018 and, and you were talking about fear, you know, you were talking about uh, relating skateboarding to fear and, you know, you seem to have this fearless way of going into, uh, you know, whatever endeavor, uh, that, that you have, um, what fear do you have now? Like, I mean, you've accomplished so much, you've, you've lost it, you've gained it again. Um, what type of, of fears are there now? 
No, it's funny because I have the same fears. The only difference is in what I coach and teach and help others with is time. Think about this. I used to spend days, weeks, months, and years in ego-based consciousness of fear. I have the same primal fears that you know Freud talked about, and I have the same secondary fears that I had before, which is the need to be right, the need to be offended, the need to be separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, guilty, angry. All of those fears I have. The only difference is I refuse to spend days, weeks, months, and years in that state of ego-based consciousness. I spend minutes and moments. Every day I have fear, just for minutes and moments. Sometimes it's the need to be offended. Sometimes it's the need to be guilty. Sometimes it's the need to be resentful or angry or frustrated. But instead of wasting my whole day and letting my soul be sucked of all the great energy and joy, I'm not going to allow anything to steal my joy for more than a minute and hopefully just moments. Wow. So, uh, David, two, two questions for you. Number one is you're a systematic guy. I mean, like every time, seriously, every time I hear you speak, it's, you can't even take notes on you. Because your hand is like, I want to engage. Like, I want to look at you because you have magic. But then I want to be writing down every single thing. And you drop bombs over and over and over and over and over. Um, the systems are impeccable. And the reason why is so amazing. Um, I always wonder this because I'm a systems guy, right? I love this kind of stuff. And, you know, in, in my business, I could go in and I could systemize things. I could do it. And then I come home and I try that with my wife. Do you try this with your wife? And if so, does it work? Because it doesn't work in my house. It did not work early on. What's so beautiful about being married for 23 years, going on 24, is that you start learning and seeking the superpowers within each other. And so I always tell my wife, I go, I can't believe how much time I wasted being annoyed by the fact that, you know, you would leave this out, you know, for example, because I'm an anal retentive and OCD, I'm a systems person. And now I find it funny. Like I, I have found the light and the love and who you are and know that it gives me a purpose that I'm so organized that you like to leave things out. I like to be organized, but you also like to stop and smell the flowers. And, but for you, I'd be rushing by so many beautiful things in the day because that's your personality. And so, uh, you know, we've learned to, to look for the superpowers within. And I will tell you the best piece of marriage advice that I got from Dr. Wayne Dyer. And it's really powerful. You know, if, if you, uh, think or seek your wife to be, you know, a B word, that's what you're going to find. If you seek a queen within your wife, a princess, an angel, that's what you'll find. So I find what I love to see in my wife and hopefully uh, she's learned to see past the OCD freak of nature, the perfect blend of spirituality and pragmatic living that may have ever existed because I am a duality. I am a complex individual. Uh, people who really know me are like, dude, how is it you are so spiritual on one and like the next session you're talking about the six rules and behavior in a mathematical equation of luck, you know, that's my personality. <laughs> So how, how important is it to, uh, for the people out there that are, whether it be success driven or whatever it is, how important is it to love your wife? Um, how important is that to your success and sustainable success over time? It's extremely important because if you don't love your wife or your mom or your dad or anyone that you have an intimate relativity to, you don't love yourself. 
Right? You can't find outside of yourself an intimate relationship that you don't have within. And I tell people all the time, you need to love yourself. Learn to love you, and it'll be so easy to love your wife and your mom and easy to be grateful for them and forgiving of them and accountable for the things that happen with them. And most importantly, in spirit with them, inspired through and by them and for them as they are inspired through by and for you. And that's the secret. I've learned to look within to find what I want outside of me. Wow. David, I mean, with all the things that you've gone through, do you still have pinch me moments? Do you still have, like, you know, I I find myself in scenarios where, you know, being around uh, certain people and, you know, growing up uh, in a little town of Lompoc, 35,000 people, there's times where I'm getting pinched all the time thinking, wow, I live in a state of wow. I live in, I can't believe that I get a chance to do this. Do you still have wow moments? And tell us a specific one. I have them every day um, because I'm seeking seeking them. But I'll tell you the greatest wow moment I've had through the pandemic is I was sitting there and I have four children. And I get to go, I was invited to be and have a media pass to the Masters this year, even though there was restrictions. I was invited on the sidelines of the Super Bowl. I've been, you know, to bucket list items that you wouldn't believe. But yet the wow moment to me was that I came to the the revelation. I was eating dinner with my three daughters who are teenagers, 21, 19, and 16, and my son who's 10. And I sat there in such a state of joy, of pure bliss. And I pinched myself because I have this gorgeous, unbelievable wife. I have these gorgeous, intelligent, kind, kind, kind children. And I have everything I ever would need or want. And I have the ability to buy anything that I need or should want or help others with what they need or should want. And I sat there and said to myself, this year, if they invite me to the Super Bowl to be on the sidelines again, and I have a choice to have dinner with these people or go to the Super Bowl in Miami to sit on the sideline to see another football game, I pinched myself because for the first time in my life, not even a question. Wow. I'm sitting at home eating a homemade meal with these unbelievable people that I've surrounded myself with and that have come through me, literally, physically through me. And I'm so proud. And I think to myself all the time, I love them. I'm proud of them. And I always have their back. But remember this. If you have a special person in your life, your mom, your dad, grandparents, or children, there's only four things you need to tell them every day to cement the relationship, to clear the interference. I promise you, if you tell the people who are most important with you every day, number one, that you're healthy, that you're happy, number two, that you love them and you appreciate them, meaning they add value to your life. If you convey every day that you're happy and healthy and love and appreciate someone, there will be no interference, corrosion, voids, or shortages in your relationship. People will not seek what they don't want in the relationship. If there are special people in your life, take a minute every day, seven days a week, don't zero it out, and make sure you reaffirm how happy, healthy, and how much you love and appreciate someone. Those relationships will flourish beyond your imagination. 
Well, David, uh, the last question for you, seriously, is the whole reason why I started the podcast is to take iconic people like yourself. I mean, it's amazing to be able to see, like, you know, for me, I grew up a Houston Oilers fan, uh, only one in the world, right? I still, I have the jackets, I have everything. Uh, Warren Moon, one of my favorite uh, of all time. Um, These are people who you're around all the time. Um, I wanted to take iconic people like you, and I wanted to show my kids that an iconic guy like you that has done things that are unimaginable is nothing more than a guy who has a phenomenal attitude and great work ethic. So what advice could you give to Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use their names, it would be amazing, David. Maddox and McKenna. First of all, all my kids are M. So Maddox and McKenna, you fit right into Miles and Marlena and Mia and Marissa as well. So Maddox and McKenna, number one, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Enjoy the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit, pursuit of your own potential. Don't vote for what other people want for you. Don't vote for what's missing in your life. Don't vote for what you don't want. Vote for what you want. Because for what you vote for, with that enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, it will come rapidly and accurately. And it will come through kindness and doing good deeds. Well, David, I want to tell you, I want to uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I want to, I want to thank you too, because there's a lot of people who were really good from a distance. And when you get up close, they, uh, you, you wish that you stayed at a distance and you've been in these situations. And what I want to tell you is number one is that I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. Um, so you cannot get rid of me. Um, but I want to, I want to compliment you too on, um, the, the authenticity and the amount of power that you have genuinely and authentically just being you. And I, I mean, it's a, it's a gift to this world. Um, you know, it's a, it's a gift to every single person out there listening and, and you have just been phenomenal. Then I want to thank you for your time. Anytime we are friends for life, connected and bonded forever. You just call if you need anything, Kelly, I'm here to be of service. And thank you for this opportunity to share my thoughts with your audience and let me know, please join me Friday, everybody. David at dmelzer.com. It's free. I do trainings every Friday. If not, watch the replays on all your favorite platforms, Spotify, Entrepreneur, wherever. Thank you, Kelly, so much. Have a wonderful day, David. Thank you.